0: Surprisingly, i been laying, for your next mistake. I put in work and watch my status escalate. Welcome in into the Punt and Pass podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler, man. joined Crazy as always my by job, my like co-host, Aaron Murray. Aaron, week 11 in the books, man. It is getting down to it. We've got two more two more weeks left in the regular season, and everything is coming in to focus. Follow us on social media. We are at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. Aaron is at Aaron Murray 11 and I am at Drew Butler 13. The holidays are right around the corner. I got to tell you guys our friends at Imperial Sports have updated our merchandise page. Go to imperialsports.com and check out all the new winter styles and fall styles of our hats and shirts. It's great stuff, so pick one up if you need that last minute gift. For the holidays, of course, later on in the show, we're going to give you Rays 8, the top 8 punters from Week 11, and uh, the Great 8, the Davey O'Brien Awards, top 8 uh-huh. quarterbacks from Week 11. I think the semi-finalists for the Ray Guy Award are coming out this week, and um, I bet you are voting for your Great 8 um, top 3 quarterbacks, the finalists for the Davey O'Brien Award. So, wow, what a weekend of football it was. Nothing really too crazy, but again, that... Top six teams, the top four teams are really separating themselves in the landscape of college football. Before we get to what happened on the field, Aaron, guys- Drew, are you?
1: Are, are you? I just want to ask right? Please, can we get this out of the way? We can we get out of the way? Yeah, can we just get out of the way? Drew for governor of Kentucky, 2019. <laughs> I mean, let's just let's get it. Let's get it started. Yeah, we'll get we the should. T-shirts made absolutely pun pass. Drew, governor of Kentucky. You said it. I'll give. I'll give you props, Drew. I you're called. bold. You're out there sometimes, but I, sometimes you're right, and, and you're right here. You know, I, Get it, I give you credit, my friend.
0: Thank you, Aaron. I called this on October 24th. I said Kentucky was going to lose to Georgia, and then turn around and lose to Tennessee. Uh, I backed it up. I tripled down on it. I caught a lot of heat on my social media. People are not too nice when you don't when they don't agree with what you say, but that's okay. I'm used to that. And yeah. when you're proven right. It's sweet. It is sweet. And I've got another one that I'm going to give you later on in the show. I know you won't agree with it, um, and it has to do with this next story a little bit that I'm going to talk to you about. I was on Twitter last night just kind of writing up the show, seeing what we're going to talk about. And one of our uh, preseason hot topics, Zach Smith, the fired wide receiver coach from Ohio State, was going nuts on Twitter. He was, like, tweeting at Tom Herman, Texas's head coach, tweeting at Tom Herman's wife, going ballistic on Twitter, and Aaron, I don't know if you saw it all. I know I sent it to you this morning, but Mm -hmm. this guy is a lunatic, and I don't understand what he's trying to gain by airing grievances on social media. Surely nobody believes what he has to say.
1: I, I don't think so. I do it seems to me that this whole this whole thing is like a, a, a Kardashian TV show right now. Oh, it it's has it just, all. It has it all. I mean, they need they need they need TV cameras just following him around, because I mean he, he's staying in front of the news. He's staying on top of it, and you know people are uh, people are talking about it. That's the thing. You know, he's staying relevant for sure. I don't know why he wants to though. That's my issue. I told you like, why do why does he want people talking about him? Because ninety nine point nine percent it's it's all negativity. I mean. I don't know why does he. I don't know if he likes the negativity. If he just likes the attention, I don't know. But if I was him, I would hide in a dark hole. I would maybe move to a different country, (laughs) and just let everything die down for about a year, maybe two years, and then resurface back in the states because uh, he's not a liked man. I don't think by anyone right now. So I don't know. I don't know why he's diving in other people's business. Why he's trying to ruin other people's lives and cause problems and drama. But Uh, That's just who he is. He's childish. I mean he is a child from the the, the sex toys that he had sent to the the facility, the stuff he would do at bowl games, and obviously what he did to his wife. I mean he is a child. He is. He acts like a five-year-old and this, this doesn't surprise me, honestly, that he's going on another rant.
0: No doubt. And you mentioned this, you know, when it all broke in August, you're like, you know, this is the type of stuff that lingers throughout the entire season and takes away from the focus of football. Obviously, Ohio State hasn't had the best season on the field. They, of course, have only lost one game to Purdue. They are in the top 10. They beat Michigan State, another top 25 opponent, this past weekend. They're gearing up for a huge game against Michigan in two weeks, but this guy is nuts. I don't get it. He was Taking screenshots of text messages with Tom Herman. Again, that's Texas's head coach saying, I'm going to tell everybody what you did on a recruiting trip. I'm going to tell everybody what you did when we were at a massage parlor. I'm going to tell everybody what your wife used to tell my ex wife. (laughs) I mean, it was absolutely unbelievable. And he's pushing this out on Twitter. The best part, though, tom herman's response it's going viral i've already seen t-shirts made of his response zach smith is just texting him the most outrageous shit i've ever seen in my life and tom herman He's replies nuts, man he okay is nuts. cool hook him with the hook him emoji <laughs> that's all he said and it's what can going you say though I mean, what, are you, what
1: are you gonna do what are you, if you're gonna go try to defend yourself then you look like an idiot i mean you don't Stoop down to his level,
0: no, and, and totally start right.
1: start a, a Twitter war or a text message war or whatever it is, or in the media, you, you completely ignore it. And if someone asks you in the media, you say have the same response. You know, just keep it consistent. Don't even acknowledge it, and I think that's what he's doing right now at
0: Texas. Should we get him on the podcast? Should I tweet at him and say, come on our podcast? I don't even know
1: if I want to. Gosh.
0: <laughs> if you want it, uh, tweet out hashtag Zach Smith. We might have to podcast. make it like a, uh,
1: an R-rated show. <laughs> no minors are allowed to listen to this week's podcast. No
0: question. All right, well, that's just crazy. And I'm sure, you know, I'm looking at his Twitter feed right now, and, like, he's already accepting invitations to go on radio shows. So this is going nowhere. And, of course, Urban Meyer cannot be happy about it. What does it say about Urban Meyer that he was fighting to keep this guy on staff? I mean, clearly he's unhinged. He's gone through a lot, there's no doubt. I have zero remorse for him, that's for sure. But you're talking about Tom Herman, who is from the Urban Meyer tree. You're talking about Zach Smith, who Urban Meyer kept and shielded. It does not look good on Urban Meyer. And I remember a couple years ago when Georgia fired Mark Richt, a lot of people— wanted Tom Herman to be the next coach of the George Bulldogs. Boy, I'm glad we didn't go that route. Kirby Smart's been awesome in Athens. All right, let's switch gears and talk about what happened on the field this past weekend. Chalk all the way around. Really nothing exciting in terms of um, upsets, nothing exciting in terms of a big shakeup in the college football playoff rankings that will come out Tuesday night. But let's start at the top. Aaron, number one, Alabama, beat number 16, Mississippi State, Twenty-four to nothing. This is the Crimson mm. Tide's second straight SEC shutout and second straight shutout of a top twenty-five team. You could see that there's some vulnerabilities there. Tua Vailoa goes out; his knee, his quad, his groin—whatever it is—he didn't finish the game. But uh, man, it's just tough to find the end zone against the Crimson Tide.
1: Well, this isn't—they haven't played elite offenses this past week. I mean, I think we both can agree that LSU. And uh, Mississippi State are one-dimensional. I mean, they're they're running football teams. They're easy to game plan against, and especially if you have a good defense. I mean, not taking credit away from Alabama. I mean, that is a, an elite defense. They've gotten a lot better as the season goes on. But Mississippi State, we've seen that offense has not been great. LSU's offense has not been anything special this year. They've had their moments, but overall, LSU. And I'm just saying, it's an average offense. They're a very good defense. They're going to keep games close. And that's how they win ball games, and, and that's the same thing with Mississippi State. So, listen, a goose egg is a goose egg. And that's a great feeling, especially in SEC football. I don't I, – I, you talk about vulnerabilities. I don't, I don't know. I mean, because we talk about even if Tua gets hurt. And Jalen's out right now too, though. So if Jalen comes back, that's a big help as well. And maybe they'll even start to incorporate him more into the game plan to try to keep Tua healthy these next couple weeks before they play Georgia. In the SC Championship game, but they're running the football great. They're playing great defense. They got playmakers on the outside. I don't know. It, it, people are pressing, but give Mississippi State credit too a little bit. I mean, that's a good defensive no football doubt. team, and, and you still put up 24 points and you put it, like I said, the shutout.
0: Yeah, it, it, they did. And, and Mississippi State, I know a lot of people were kind of following the game, tweeting about it, like, wow, you know, this is actually closer than it looks. The officiating was horrible, but that's to be expected in college football, no doubt there. Tua Tungvalu is going to win the Heisman Trophy. It's already wrapped up. There is no question about it. And think about this, Aaron. He's going to win the Heisman Trophy and not finish one football game all season. Okay, he's clearly not going to play the entire week. This week, I think they play Citadel or somebody like that. He won't finish the Auburn game. They will blow them out. And mm-hmm. when they play Georgia, I'm telling you right now, either Alabama blows Georgia out and he doesn't finish, or Georgia will knock him out of the game. Why would that be the only game that he's finished all season long? That's one of my bold predictions. Regardless of outcome, Tua Tungvalu will not finish the SEC championship game, but he's going to win the Heisman Trophy. That's a done deal, and Alabama just continues to roll. They will remain the number one team in The nation. Number two team, Aaron, Clemson went up to Chestnut Hill to take on number 17, Boston College. College game day was there. I think the kickoff temperature was 32 or 31 degrees. Everybody was getting ready for Boston College's defense to stifle Clemson's offense. And they did to a point, Mm -hmm. limiting them to only 27 points. But Clemson's D is stout and Boston College only scored seven. Clemson wins. Clemson covers. And most importantly, they avoided a slip up in the ACC they will play Pitt, I believe, in the ACC championship game.
1: Yeah, not the best win, and obviously it does help a little bit. Boston College's quarterback, Anthony Brown, went down early in the game, so that yeah. doesn't help that offense. A.J. Dillon then couldn't really get going, run the football, but Clemson's D-line just once again dominated. But you'd see a little bit of a chink in the armor with Trevor Lawrence, though. I mean, he, he obviously still had a good game on the road, cold weather, but there were moments where he, he didn't look – like maybe he could compete against an Alabama defense or compete against a Georgia defense or a Michigan defense. So he still has room to improve, which, which he should. I mean, you're not, I'm, I don't think anyone's expecting a finished product, you know, towards the end of his only his freshman season. I mean, this kid is talented. We know he can make all the throws. He knows he's a smart kid. He understands the offense, but he's still a true freshman at the end of the day. There's a lot of room for growth and that's exciting. I mean, people may say, Oh no, he may have a bad game in the playoffs. I look to the future. I mean, you get two more years of Trevor Lawrence. I mean, yeah. that's that's a great sign for Clemson. I think you got to be excited the fact that there is a, a decent gap of you know this kid's going to be a superstar his sophomore year and then his junior year and, and most likely be a number one pick in the draft.
0: No question. You hear a lot of people now. I mean, Clemson is rolling. They are one of the hottest teams in America. You hear a lot of people now say with Trevor Lawrence's ability to throw the deep ball, to push the field, and, and make accurate throws down the field for those explosive chunk plays that they could have the recipe to challenge Alabama. Do you buy that or do you think Nick Saban will throw the book at a true freshman and give him everything he can handle?
1: Uh listen, right now, and I know you, this uh, of the four teams in the playoffs, I think the only no, team is Don't say is, it. Is Michigan. Oh my god. Oh I my I, god. I do think I think I think it, it for a, a freshman quarterback And people may say, oh, well, look at Tua. Look what Tua did to Georgia last year in their defense. I still think Alabama would have something ready to go for Clemson that will just crush him, crush his little soul a little bit. So I think Michigan is a complete football team, man. Every single week they're doing it defensively. They're doing it offensively. I don't know. Right now that's the only team in my mind that I could see possibly giving – Alabama a chance to lose I I just I don't think they will but that's the best chance I think in my mind
0: okay to your point everybody knows that the only trouble that Nick Saban really ever has is defending a mobile quarterback right go back to 2010 Stephen Garcia could get out of the pocket a little bit South Carolina beat Alabama Johnny Manziel I mean that's how the legend of Johnny football Was born. It was him, and he upset Alabama. Look at Deshaun Watson. You know these are the guys who are able to to defeat Nick Saban's defenses at Alabama. It will come down to Shea Patterson if that game were Mm -hmm. to happen, and if he can protect the football, I guess they'll have a chance. Their defense is legit, but I just don't buy that yet. Um, we're going to continue. Who's a better to talk team I Clemson well, or Michigan? I if I if Michigan Clemson, and Clemson
1: played each other, yeah, I would pick Clemson. You take it, yeah, I would pick Clemson for I'd sure. I'd take
0: Michigan right now. All right. Well, speaking of that, Clemson won by 20 points, and they were favored by 19 and a half, so that just goes to show that Vegas is very good. Now, let me just say one thing. We gave you eight picks on our punt, pass, and pick that we put on Instagram, at punt and pass last week. Aaron, I went 7 and 1, okay? Yeah. I was going to take 8 and 0, but we picked Alabama at minus 24 and a half. It closed at minus 22 and a half, so it just depends on when you bet it, but... We picked ours on Friday morning. So I'll take the loss there. The hook got me. I went seven and one, baby. But your over lock of the century, Oklahoma State versus Oklahoma, mm-hmm. seventy nine and a half. It closed at eighty two. It went way over. And Oklahoma State getting twenty one points. You and I said that line stunk and it was a no brainer. So Congrats to us. Great. I should
1: get, like, a double for both those predictions, I'm just going to say. That's four points for me.
0: You should get a double. All right, let's go through the rest of these games. Let's go through the rest of these games. Notre Dame, 42. Florida State, 13. I mean, the Irish won without Ian Book, but Florida State's just awful. Any quick thoughts there?
1: Florida State, man. They're just bad, bad, bad football, but I think it's good for Notre Dame. I mean, you never know injuries happen. We see, Like I said, we saw with Alabama, with Tua. I mean, can he stay healthy for a year? You got Jalen as a backup. That's a great feeling. Um, I think Georgia, if anything ever happens to Jake Fromm, there's a good feeling with fields behind him. And then with Notre Dame, I know Wimbush had a couple turnovers, but that's still a reliable backup that can at least keep you in ball games. You know, it's not some guy who's never played, never been in the spotlight. So I think that was a good sign to get him in there. He had a good day, not a great day. Like I said, the couple turnovers stunk throwing, but – Other than that, he got a little bit of game experience. He's moving around a little bit. Just in case something does happen to Ian Book, at least he hasn't been on the shelf for 10 weeks. So that is a positive for Notre Dame, but... Man, oh man, Florida State has a long way to go to get yes, back to you know, the Florida State team that won a championship four, four or five years ago.
0: Yes, they do. Notre Dame's playing Syracuse this week at Yankee Stadium. Ooh. That will certainly be a game that we talk about at length on Thursday's punt and pass. Michigan beat Rutgers 42-7. to seven. Rutgers is awful. Michigan keeps rolling, and here is my bold prediction, Aaron. Here is my bold prediction. Don't say it. Ohio State's going to beat Don't Michigan. Don't say it. I have, wa- have. I, have. Have, I, I watched the entire been, Ohio State-Michigan State game. Ohio State <sighs> is going to it's beat bad. Michigan. They're not very good, but Urban Meyer is 6-0 and against the team up north. That stuff matters, okay? That game is being played in Columbus. That matters, all right? Ohio State has the opportunity to ruin Michigan's entire season. That matters matters. I think they find that identity that they had early in the season and they challenge that Michigan defense. They're going to have to have a great game on the offensive line because Dwayne Haskins is not mobile, but I'm saying it right now, November 12th, Ohio State's going to beat Michigan and chaos is going to start. There's just well, that, absolutely no that, doubt about it.
1: Well, then, then it gets interesting then because I think Michigan's, if Michigan wins out their lockback, I don't yeah. I don't know if Ohio state wins out and then if, if either Oklahoma or Washington or West Virginia wins out or Washington state, I mean, at that point, yeah, it's ah, going to be crazy. Then, then it gets crazy. I mean, then it's a bunch of lost teams possibly. And then it's a free for all where I think Michigan has definitely separated itself from those other squads and would be a lock if they went out. So that's, it's going to be interesting. No, question. Obviously Oklahoma and West Virginia, one of them will knock each other out. Washington state will have to win out. And then, um, uh, Ohio State winning out. So there could be a three-way tie for that four spot with uncertainty of who actually really deserves
0: it. No doubt. Ohio State, they are the number 10-ranked team in the nation. They beat Michigan State 26-6. to six. Michigan State was the number 18-ranked team. The Buckeyes pulled away late. This was just your classic 11 a.m. ugly, slow, big-time mm. game. But my man Drew Christman leads me into telling you who Week 11's Ray's eight were, from the Ray Guy Award, the top eight punters from Week 11. And I'll start with Drew. Drew Chrisman has been having a fantastic season there, and he had nine punts on Saturday for a 37.78 gross and net average. Six of those nine punts were inside the 20, and he had a long of 53. He legitimately kept Ohio State in that game, flipping field position, making it happen. And when you can pin a team inside the 20 six times, Aaron, you're a quarterback, you know. It's tough to tell your offense to drive eighty plus yards each and every time. AJ Cole, the third from NC State, had a great week. He had five punts for a 39.6 gross average, 39.8 net average, five of his five punts inside the twenty, along of forty-seven. Brandon Wright from Georgia State, right here in Atlanta, five punts for a forty-nine point eight yard gross average. 47.8-yard net average, one inside the 20, a long of 68. Corliss Waitman from South Alabama, seven punts for a 45.1-yard gross average, 44.2-yard net. That's a solid day of punting right there. Long of 57. James Smith from Cincinnati, five punts, 49.2-yard gross average, 47.4-yard net average. Three of those five punts inside the 20, a long of 64. Joe Shopper from Purdue. Six punts for a 44.83 gross and net average. Three punts inside the 20, a long of 49. Max Duffy from Kentucky, seven punts, 46-yard gross average, 43.43-yard net average, four inside the 20, a long of 56. And Ryan Stonehouse from Colorado State, he had seven punts for a 48.1-yard gross average, a 46.5-yard net average, two inside the 20 and a long of 57 yards. Great punting from all eight of these guys in week 11. That is the last week of Rays 8 and the punter of the week, which I'll give you on Thursday because the finalists, the semifinalists, excuse me, are being announced this coming week. Aaron, didn't you text me when you were doing your game and say somebody had an 85-yard punt?
1: Yeah, the the punter for New Mexico punted 85 yards, got to the one-yard line. Air force goes for an
0: effective
1: air force goes for a QB sneak fumble picked up New Mexico touchdown. (laughs) You know, I I was texting, I was like, you know, at that point it was 35, 17 air force has been blowing their doors out and you get a big play like that. 85 yard punt, get a touchdown defensively. Next play all of a sudden it's 85 to 24 or 35, 24, excuse me. I was texting. I was like, if Mexico wins this game. MVP, the punter, 100%. Absolutely. Changed the game. But Absolutely. didn't happen. Air Force ended up rolling the rest of the way in the fourth quarter. But it was like all these Aussie punters, man. All these kids are taken from Aussie rules football. And uh, they're coming out there. They can boom it a little bit. Yeah,
0: they're good. Now, tell me who the Davey O'Brien Award great eight, top eight quarterbacks of Week 11 were. Uh,
1: we had some good ones this week. The Mustache, Minshew from Washington State, 335 yards, two touchdowns. Love Utah State, man. Those guys. Look they're like good. They're gonna, they are an
0: automatic cover every week. It's crazy.
1: Well, they got they got Boise State, I believe, to finish the season off. Um, so that should be an interesting game. Boise State with a huge win this past weekend on Friday night to beat Fresno. Kind of upset them. So that's going to be a fun game. But Utah State looks like to be the, in the driver's seat to win the Mountain West. I mean, offensively, defensively, they're rolling. Will Greer, another big game. Three touchdowns, 343 yards. A big win. TCU, good football team. Yeah. Uh, Justin Herbert, 288 yards, three touchdowns in the win versus Utah. Kyler Murray, goodness gracious, what a fun game that was. That was awesome. Uh, 349 yards, one touchdown, rush for another 66. Mackenzie Milton, did they play? I think they played Army or Navy. I think Navy, Navy, maybe. Navy. 200 yards, two touchdowns, 62 yards, rush and another touchdown. Trevor Lawrence, not the greatest of stats, but big win for a freshman on the road, 295. Two total touchdowns and a pick. And then Houston, with even the loss, King, King, five touchdowns, 322 yards. Uh, that's another fun conference, the American right now. Yeah. A lot of good teams. Cincinnati, obviously UCF. I think those two teams actually play this week, I believe. USF and UCF, two of the best teams in that conference. So yeah, that's going to be a big game for, for, for UCF.
0: UCF plays Cincinnati, right? Is that what you said? That's what, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah Cincinnati. Yeah. And game day is going to be this there. Week. Game day is going to be there, which uh, – is Cincinnati four wins
1: last year. All of a sudden I think they're nine and one right now. Yeah, Been rolling, I mean, they're, so that should rolling. be a fun game. They are rolling. Yep.
0: All right, let's get back into the action and I got a question for you with this game. Number five, Georgia beat number twenty four Auburn, twenty seven to ten, and it seems to be that Georgia is back to doing what they do best. And I have a question for you, Aaron. Is there any way Georgia could slip into that number four spot on Tuesday night's college football playoff ranking? That is their fourth straight top 25 matchup and their third win in a row out of those four games. They lost to LSU. Then they beat Kentucky, who was a top 10 team. Then they beat Florida, who is a top 10 team. And then they just beat Auburn, who was a top 25 team. Their resume is getting better. And with their only loss being to LSU, is there any way they could jump Michigan?
1: Oh, there definitely is a chance. I mean, the, you talk about the resumes through the roof and the only loss. LSU at LSU it's just hard because the number four team, Michigan didn't have a close win they didn't lose I mean they blew out Rutgers yeah. they did what they were supposed to do so that's the hard thing when the committee looks at it and says okay we had this team at four for a reason they demonstrated why they're number four once again I, I could see it going anyway I think yeah. both teams are very deserving against that number four spot I just think right now Michigan their, their 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 only loss was the first game of the season I mean that was a long time ago and that was versus Notre Dame so I think right now they stick at four, but it, like we keep saying that nothing—it really, doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't. You know, matter? if if Georgia if Georgia wins out, they're in the, they're in the they're in, they'll be the number two or three team heading into the playoffs. So that's 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 the only goal that they need to to worry about. Um, you know, but it, it like I said, it can go either way.
0: It doesn't matter. But the worst case scenario for the committee is nothing happening week to week, right? Like chalk making the rounds. So I'll tell you this right now. There will be a different team in the top four than there was a week ago. They've got to drive discussion. They've got to make people want to watch the I show. I could see Michigan
1: jump in Notre Dame. Okay.
0: I like that. I, I do could like see that.
1: that. I, I like Michigan more than Notre Dame. I could see if you want to make it interesting, if you're the committee and we'll go on uh, your crazy rant that we went on last week, is you, you take Notre Dame out. I think Michigan's playing better ball than Notre Dame.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You and- know, I, I would put them at 3 which which is hard because Notre Dame beat Michigan but I don't know I think maybe if that if that want to mix it up and then then you can drive the discussion of an undefeated Notre Dame team do they make the playoffs if you have a one loss um you know Oklahoma Washington State then then, then maybe that discussion can start to get uh, a little bit crazy.
0: Here's what I would look to expect on tomorrow night's rankings. Look for the committee to find some way to get Syracuse into the top 10, right? They will make any excuse possible for Notre Dame to get a quote-unquote quality win. So look for the committee to put Syracuse at 10 or 9 just to give Notre Dame the chance to have a top 10 neutral site win for their resume to be bolstered at the end of the season all right let's wrap this thing up aaron kentucky number 11 kentucky got Mm. smoked by tennessee this was 24 to nothing i i texted you i said you know the great benny snell had 12 carries for 36 yards i called this i just thought kentucky was far too one-dimensional tennessee right tennessee can play if the if the other offense can't score okay George obviously threw some points up on them. The games that they've lost, Alabama, of course, they can't play from behind, but there was no chance Kentucky was going to get out ahead of them. And now I think Jeremy Pruitt with two top 25 wins in his first season could get some votes for SEC coach of the year.
1: No, 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 no.
0: (laughs) Okay. Listen,
1: that's a bit, it's a great win. And Tennessee's definitely a little bit ahead of schedule and expectations and um, I mean, it's a big win and yeah. it's not just a, it wasn't just a close game. I mean, they, they took complete control. Jared Garantano has been, I've been saying all year has been playing really, really well at quarterback for Tennessee. It's had some really good moments. And this past week versus a good Kentucky defense, he showed it, but uh, look at their schedule. I mean, Missouri, that another big, big win. I mean, it, get, it was against Vandy, but it's still a good win. And then they play at Vandy. So, I mean, this team has a chance to be seven. If, if they get to the seven and five then I think you can throw that into the discussion. So if they okay. win the next two weeks, I may jump on that train. But I still think right now they're they're looking to be six and six, possibly seven and five. And I think in my mind, based on what I was thinking about beginning the season, I think they're way ahead of expectations. For I sure. think it's a good feeling. And two, you beat Kentucky in the state. You know, that helps with recruiting as well.
0: Yeah, no doubt. You know, that Vanderbilt game at the end of the year will be tough. Tennessee's just been too inconsistent. They have played well against a couple of top twenty five teams, so good for the Vols and good for Coach Pruitt. Florida, huge comeback win. They beat South Carolina 35 to 31. And if you think about it, look at the landscape. Florida has a chance to get into a New Year's six bowl, maybe the Peach Bowl in Atlanta if they win out, which they probably will because Florida State is no good. And then our favorite game of the week, Aaron, Oklahoma 48, Oklahoma State 47. We called this early in the week. What a horrible line this was. I don't know what the suits in Vegas were thinking. Giving Oklahoma State 21 points. Both of these teams have zero defense. And Bedlam, this is one of my favorite rivalries in college football. It's just points everywhere, up and down the field. Tons of fun. You and I were 100% correct with our prognostication on this game.
1: My issue is, if, if going back to we talked about, if, if Oklahoma, Ohio State does beat Michigan and you have a one loss Ohio State team, you have yes. a one loss Michigan team or one loss Oklahoma team. I don't know the way Oklahoma plays defense and what we saw last year. I mean, it's it's hard to put Oklahoma in. I know the offense yeah. is exciting, but Ohio State has the big loss. I mean, do you put Washington State ahead of those two teams? I mean, o- Oklahoma does not look like an elite football team. I'm no. sorry, their defense is awful. I mean, that is an embarrassment. If you want to put that out there cuz they'll play they would play Alabama. Oh Alabama God. would put 55 60 points on them and then they would only hold them to about 20 to 28 points. So I don't think that would be a great product on the football field for the first round of the playoffs. So I don't know. Could yeah, Washington he, state could, could could Washington state realistically if they win out, jump Ohio State and Oklahoma?
0: It just depends on what's going to happen, right? There's so much chaos that's going to come down the stretch, but I feel like that could be the one team that does jump them. Now, you look at a first-round matchup, a semifinal matchup between Alabama and Oklahoma. Yeah, if Nick Saban had three and a half, four weeks to prepare for that, that could get... Ugly. Now, on the flip side, if they kept those two away and Oklahoma won a barn burner against, I don't know, a Michigan or a Clemson and then played Alabama with only eight days to prepare, that could maybe get interesting, but... I just don't see it, Aaron. I don't see it at all, and um, I don't know. I mean, it's going to be fun to see what happens. This week's slate of games is not very good whatsoever. SEC teams play cupcakes, so expect everybody to win in conference, and um, it'll just gear up for an awesome Thanksgiving weekend of football to wrap up the regular season.
1: Yeah, it should be fun. It should be a lot of fun. This is kind of the uh, the – Get healthy, relax, yeah. maybe get some of the backups in this week. And then, like you said, it's going to be, you know, Alabama, Auburn, Ohio State, Michigan. I mean, a lot of big games. Oklahoma, West Virginia, the final week of the season, too, I believe. Yep. Uh, so a lot, of, a lot of big games that final year, week. So we can take a little break. Yes. And then get ready to gear up for that one because it's going to mean a lot for the playoffs.
0: All right, cool. Anything on the way out, my man?
1: No, no. Just, uh, you know, going to start prepping for my game. I got a good one. I got San Diego State and Fresno State. So that's big for that conference this weekend. Hand out to Fresno. Should be a fun trip.
0: Sweet, brother. Well, we will uh, get everybody caught up to date on what to expect in week 12. Check back with us on Thursday with a new punt and pass. And we're working on a guest right now to keep things interesting. Remember to follow us on social media at punt and pass on Twitter and Instagram. Aaron is at AaronMurray11. I am at. Drew Butler 13 buy some merch on imperialsports.com we got a bunch of new styles up on the page and we will talk to you on Thursday see you